everybody, and welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Sorry we took a little bit of a break there, but we are glad to be back, and we are here where we think and you listen. Check us out on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've had some polls and some thoughts out there, so uh, thank you uh, to those of you that have been contributing there. And, of course, check us out on your favorite podcast delivery system, although we haven't put any new content out in a few weeks. Hit some bumps. We're good. We're back. We're better than ever. Well, we'll see about that. And always good to talk to you, Mike. How's everything today? Uh, doing great, Dave. Uh, people have used the word hero uh, because I'm playing hurt today. I did have a little uh, knee surgery in the middle of the week. I'm not using that term, but other people I've heard whispers. Uh, I'm just going to play through and, and do the best I can here uh, as I recover from a little... Uh, knee surgery but other than that doing well and uh, glad to be back on the microphone with you and let's get right to it with the ones and twos here buddy and the mba is cranking up folks uh depending on the team you follow you're inside 20 games to finish the season this is the time when playoff teams start to shorten the rotation a little get ready for you know the playoff push uh the few teams trying to get into the regular playoffs and out of the play-in scenario uh and we're going to cover all that so uh we did a little bit ago ask on twitter which team had uh the most positive first half of the nba season and far and away you guys voted for the chicago bulls uh so dave let's start right there in the east and the chicago bulls and what an amazing season it's been for them they've been down a little bit lately six and four in their last ten uh lost four in a row but um what a great story for DeMar DeRozan to have legitimate MVP heat on him uh, after, you know, they had to sacrifice him in Toronto to get Kawhi and win a championship. Uh, he's kind of risen from the ashes there. Uh, this Bulls team is a fun watch with Levine and a ball and all these guys just playing um, probably 5% better than they have in the past. And my favorite guy is the guy in the middle, Vukovic, um, or however you pronounce his Russian name. Um, it, you know, he just rebounds and gets putbacks and is uh, a three-point shooter also and really the hybrid uh five on a team that really needs that space opened up for them so i like this team a lot dave uh sorry to see them slump a little but hopefully they can come back what do you do you have anything on the bulls yeah i haven't seen a lot of them uh unfortunately just going back and looking though these last four uh they have played good teams here uh losing to memphis miami yep uh, atlanta eh, and milwaukee uh so Tough stretch. Um, they also have kind of finishing up this tough stretch tonight in Philadelphia against the Sixers, uh, a team that is playing pretty well right now. So right. Uh, definitely, you know, we've talked about the Bulls. We liked all the moves that they've made, and it really seems like, uh, like you said, despite the, the, the recent swoon here, they really are uh, coming together as a team after all of the moves and very, very exciting. Certainly, DeMar DeRozan uh, deserves MVP consideration uh, with the season that he's had, the number of game-winning shots that he's had this year. Uh, the Bulls are definitely a good team. I need to 
get on my game like <laughs> they are and watch them a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I know you're social media savvy. There was uh, a video going around over the weekend of backup setter Tristan Thompson doing a shooting drill. And he was just taking like a little five foot bunny from inside the lane and he missed like 12 in a row. And they kept adding bricks like uh, Tetris uh, on the screen. Very funny. But uh, nice. A little depth there for them. You mentioned a team, Dave, that I think is not getting nearly enough pub this season and that's the Miami Heat I mean this team uh in the bubble was awesome but you know the bubble was the bubble I think we're going to look back at that uh with a jaundice um look through history uh about what happened in the bubble but they really grew in the bubble and last year uh for several reasons they fell short of expectations but this year dave they're really uh playing well and uh doing it without kyle lowry who is their big pickup he's been hurt for a little bit here now uh but pj tucker has added some veteran toughness of course you know i love jimmy butler uh and you know these guys have really grown tyler hero has really grown into a great second team uh, irrational confidence, three-point shooter. Uh, these, this team, I, I'm very impressed with, and uh, Bam Adebayo's growth in the middle, uh, it continues to grow by leaps and bounds. And I didn't think he had this kind of potential uh, that he's bringing us. So Miami Heat uh, in first place, uh, playing well. And I don't think because of other teams with more glamorous people, uh, they don't get the, the uh, love they deserve, buddy. What do you think? No, absolutely not. Uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, Tyler Hero is averaging 20.6 points per game. Yep. Uh, you know, he's having quite a season, Five point, uh, 4.9 rebounds, 4 assists per game, very consistent. Uh, he's been uh, a great um, – he's kind of moved into, you know, a really, really big role this year. Right. Uh, and certainly Bam is good. Mike, the news today out of Miami is Victor Oladipo is 50-50 on coming back and starting tonight. Really? Or playing tonight, sorry. The guy has not played a game in a year because of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, a, if he can come back and reading some of the things and Jimmy Butler says, you know, he's been working really hard in the gym and the weight room and everything else. If Oladipo can come back and give them you know, a good amount of what he is. Right. Uh, it, this could be a thing that puts Miami, and they're already in number one in the Eastern Conference, Mike. Right. This is the kind of thing that could push them uh, right over the top, potentially, and, and be in serious consideration for a team that gets to the NBA Finals. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great point. Uh, you know, like I said, inside 20 games to go, this is the time for him. Uh, and Ben Simmons, and we'll get into that later, to come and and gel with a team they haven't played with before and see what happens, you know. Um, so this team just keep, continues to add. Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra doing a great job, as usual, with the roster, and uh, uh, very excited to see what they do uh, going forward. Dave, a team I don't particularly like, I've uh, never really liked, and uh, I don't like the makeup of this team, is the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Harden and Embiid in the pick and roll is awesome. Uh, I like Tyrese Maxey. Um, I like Thibel. The rest of the team, 
I don't think they're deep enough. I don't think they're consistent enough. I don't think they have what it takes to make a run. Uh, you know, when you're counting on Cork Moss and Shake Milton and Danny Green to deliver, uh, DeAndre Jordan's the backup center. I, I just don't feel like this team, they made moves, and I don't think they got better. That's my humble opinion of the second-place team uh, in the East. You know, they're playing 39-24 and 24 ball, 7-3 uh, and three in their last 10. But uh, I just don't love the makeup of this team. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's. It, I think what's hard is that Embiid and Harden are so dominating. Right. Uh, they're getting to the line, uh, having two of the guys that I think I heard this last night that both of them are averaging uh, getting to the line uh, double digits and are the only two in the league that do it uh, per game. And, you know, it, it's hard to overlook that. But True. your 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 point is is well made, Mike. That um, not having the depth, and certainly Embiid could get into foul trouble, uh, and we've seen Harden at times disappear from games and you know yeah. be a turnover machine. Right. Um, there certainly are moments in games, and if that happens in a playoff game or a playoff series, they're gonna get bounced. Yeah, um, they so just have all I, the flags of being vulnerable you know, um, traditionally to me, uh, because, you know, they did make those trades of getting rid of Seth Curry, who was a huge high IQ basketball guy. Uh, yeah. and, and, um, you know, I just don't feel, like I said, like that roster is where it needs to be, but yeah, yeah. I, I think so that, I, yeah, no, no, I, I think that's fair. And, you know, we just, they're a team that we're going to have to wait and see, uh, how it all shakes out once they get to the playoffs and these guys are, actually playing the big minutes um, and not having Simmons there and Seth Curry. That's going to make a big difference. Mike, one of the teams that is playing the best basketball in the NBA right now, you know it, and he's got his arms up in the air because he knows where I'm going, the Boston Celtics. Mike, I, I, I just don't know what the heck is going on with them, but it's like they turned a switch on. And all of the sudden, things are connecting. Maybe it's some of the trade deadline stuff. They didn't do like a ton, but all of the sudden, they are playing, you know, the way, really the way they did two years ago um, in the bubble. And there were such high expectations last year, and they fell flat. Uh, And certainly, Jason Tatum, he, of the 54 points against the Nets yesterday, uh, really in just a dominating uh, performance. Um, and, you know, they're doing it. You know, they are playing well at 39 and 27. They've won three in a row, eight of their last 10. and 14 to this, 16. Yep. Yeah, and there are only four and a half games uh, behind the Heat for first place. So uh, you certainly can talk a lot more about them, but the Celtics are playing Great basketball, and I love that Williams kid in the middle. Oh, I yeah. just love him. He is He's got tremendous. Springs for legs, absolutely, uh, and they look for him for those over-the-top lobs uh, in opportune times, and he just delivers. I mean, his shooting percentage is leading the league. It's outrageous. Uh, two things happen with this team, Dave. Uh, addition by subtraction, getting rid of Kemba Walker, uh, ball heavy at the point guard, dribble heavy, 
wanted to be a scorer on a team where they don't need a scorer at point guard. Uh, and that accelerated Marcus Smart, whose uh, leadership and basketball IQ is off the charts, and he's not a scorer first guard. Uh, that was huge. And then when they got Derek White uh, to back him up uh, from the Spurs, and brought back uh, Daniel Theis in the middle, uh, really uh, uh, just accentuated uh, the support for this team, strengthened that, and uh, also Jalen Brown's health. Jalen Brown's having a great season, started out, you know, really hot, uh, and got hurt and is is coming back. But, Dave, we have to talk about um, Tatum, as you said, just has – become a prolific scorer that needs to be dealt with uh ties larry bird yesterday for the most 50 plus games in in celtic history and when you say celtic history you're not you know you're not joking about you know how deep that goes and uh his length and his willingness to not settle for the uh tough shot but work and get a better shot whether it's passing or uh you know maneuvering with his dribble uh is awesome and very few teams in the league can guard him at his position the problem you know with the nets game yesterday the nets had nobody six four or over to guard tatum and when you're doing that um you know he's just going to shoot over people and dominate you know at six eight and the long arms um it's just the way it is so uh, he, uh, he had a great game, and this team is playing on all cylinders. I really wonder how much Brad Stevens is contributing to um, the... So, Dave, I wonder what Brad Stevens' impact is on this team. You know, you look at, like, the out-of-bounds plays and, and things that he was known for drawing up. They seem to have stuck around and, you know, uh, not to... Um, negate what the new coach has done but brad also brings us a consistency and a, and a basketball iq i keep using that term but it's important with these playoff teams uh to talk about so uh his steadiness in the front office the moves he made but also the feedback that he could take from a, a, a three thousand foot view instead of being on the bench and dealing with you know every tweaked ankle and you know girlfriend's mad at me situation that's the head coach's job uh he can take a bigger view and 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 might be paying off all of pat riley and spolstra in in miami it's a it's an interesting concept to see i thought stevens was really young to go to the front office and um it'll be interesting to see if that you know pays off for the celtics in the long run right now i say yes so that's my yeah. I mean, he was season. really he was really young to come in as a head coach too. So right, and that I would say Celtic fans would probably say that worked out for the better. Um, they were certainly in a rut before he got there. Um, so good for them, good for Boston. And you know, I don't particularly like the Celtics uh, in general, but when the Celtics are good in the NBA, the NBA is better off for that. Amen. Um, and that's important. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out about the Celtics. Their point differential, Mike, at 5.5 is right up there in the top five in the league. So uh, able to score, able to defend, uh, and at 5.5, the best in the Eastern Conference, plus 
5.5 that is 14 and um, six uh, 14 or 16 the in that span they've had the best uh, assists ratio of any team in the league they've also had the best uh, top three defense uh, ratio of that any team in the league so uh, share the ball and play defense uh, seems like that's something John Wooden taught and Naismith taught and uh, you know it's still tried and true so Share the ball and play defense. You know what team doesn't do that, Mike? <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets, Dave? The Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> yes. Very good. Boy, I, that was an easy lead-in. Yes. Uh, they have lost four in a row. Uh, Sub-500. Yeah. yeah, lost to Toronto, lost to Miami. And, you know, and we mentioned the loss uh, yesterday to the Celtics. Now at 32-33, and 33, uh, lost four in a row and in a three-way tie for eight, nine, ten uh, in the East, um, three and seven in their last ten. Mike, this, you know, and yesterday they get the chance in Boston to have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant play together for yep. I think they said just the fourth time uh, this year, and we know the reasons for that. We don't need to get into that, but um, this is a team that is just. Uh, Enigma, struggles, whatever you want to throw on that, uh, Mike. It's, yeah. a team that's, it's a team that's hard to figure out. Uh, it's certainly the uh, season-ending injury to Joe Harris is a big blow. Uh, he, of the you know great outside shooting and helping to kind of open things up for Durant uh, and being able to play every game and not just in the road games uh, was a big loss. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when that game started yesterday, uh, Durant seemed like he was the one that was going to go for 50-plus. He couldn't miss in the first quarter. Uh, I don't know if his stamina is what it needs to be. They've been kind of riding him all year. And you got to remember, he's just two years off of the Achilles last year with the calf. You know, he spent some time uh, off this year. Uh, I don't know if he, he's older. I don't know if he's built for carrying a team. I'm still one of the most prolific scorers you'll ever see. Uh, when your number two or 1A star is Kyrie Irving, your team is in trouble. They brought in all these guys to try and, uh, you know, shore up the locker room. You know, Goran Dragic, seeing out his hair is grayer than mine, Dave. His beard's full gray. It's really <laughs> funny. He was one of the first yeah. uh, people I referred to as, uh, you know, the damn dirty Euro. And uh, there he is still out there. Uh, God bless him. Patty Mills, Seth Curry, all these guys, you know, been around, good basketball uh, knowledge, good t teammates, but still uh, Kyrie Irving, we saw it in Boston, we saw it, you know, in Cleveland, we've seen it wherever he's been, uh, just not a team guy, uh, and uh, continues to struggle. Um, I, I, I'm not impressed with his game. He thinks he's better than he is. You know, first quarter yesterday, he's got Marcus Smart on him. He fakes right, goes left, and then makes a behind-the-back pass that just goes into the third row of the stands when all he needed was a simple bounce pass for a layup. Uh, you know, it was just crazy. Uh, I like Bruce Bowen. I think he's a good dude. Uh, you know, Drummond and Aldridge in the Bruce, middle. Bruce Brown. Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown, my bad. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Drummond and Aldridge in the middle just cannot guard anybody with any agility. Uh, just as I was talking about trying to guard someone like Tatum yesterday. They just couldn't yeah. do it. You know, you're not going to put Durant on them and not, 
you know, expend all that energy. This is where right, they right. need Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons could give, you know, Tatum a, a run for his money. Ben Simmons' defense is incredible. But where's Ben Simmons, Dave? Do you know where Ben Simmons is? I know where Waldo is. I know where Carmen San Diego is. I don't know where <laughs> Ben Simmons is. Oh, the thing I saw, I mean, they were hopeful uh, that he would be in the lineup uh, in the rematch with the Sixers on Thursday night. And nope. now now I'm hearing that he, they don't think he's going to be ready uh, by then. And, you know, that's really too bad because, like you say, uh, they really could use him. Uh, and it's going to take him some time, you know, like you're talking about these last 20 games. It'd be nice to get him in there and get a feel for the team as they go into the playoffs. But, right. uh, you know, right now, uh, yeah, we don't have Ben Simmons uh, on the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, they are struggling. Uh, they are. Uh, if the Hawks win tonight, the Nets will drop to the 10th spot, the last play-in spot. All that being said, Dave, if Ben Simmons comes back, and the team can and they can get Kyrie uh, even on uh, home games by then. And I don't I haven't looked at the latest uh, update on that situation. Uh, seems crazy to me that they can't at this point. But uh, that's another topic for another day uh, that we'll probably never address. And um, <laughs> but they're going to be scary if they can get out of the play games. You know, of course, with Durant and. Uh, and if Simmons can deliver and these, you know, these bench guys they did bring in, I like, like I said, with Mills and, and Drogic and, of course, Seth Curry. But um, I don't know. This team, I don't know that the panic button's being pushed, but it's your hands on top of it ready to depress it if you're a Nets fan. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I'm fine with that. Honestly, uh, there's no team that I hate watch more than the Nets right now, and that includes your Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, it's staying uh, nearby to Brooklyn, Mike. Uh, the New York Knicks, who oh, started shit. out so great and, you know, coming off of a playoff appearance last year and really just a lot of great energy, and they have just fallen flat. Uh, you know, they had lost seven in a row until they beat up on a hapless, hopeless Clippers team last night. Right. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett's playing well um, and doing good. You know, he's averaging 24 in the last five, six games here. But they just, and we've talked about this, you know, even in a few NBA podcasts, they just offensively just don't have a lot of identity. You know, it's Julius Randle. Yeah, that's their and, identity. And, and, it and a bunch Randall. of guys, yeah. you know, chucking it up from three. Yep. Uh, and I, I do like... Um, you know, they also have a Williams kid in the middle who's just great. And I, you know, I love his, um, his energy. Mitchell Robertson, you mean? Uh, Robertson. Yes, yes, yes. Mitchell Sorry Robertson. about that. Yep. Yes. Um, I, I love him too. Very much, you know, uh, like the guy on the Celtics there, yep. but it, it, they just don't have any identity. And, you know, I mean, Julius Randall is a nice player, uh, but I think what we've seen in these last two years, almost two years now is, He's not quite the alpha A male. He's kind of like the one A or the B. He's uh, he and Porzingis are the same type of player. Good yeah. enough to be better than most players, but not an alpha. Yeah, and he and, and, and Randall desperately wants to be an alpha. I don't think Porzingis does, but that's we'll get to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I think that just you know that just hurts 
the Knicks and you know so they just haven't been playing well and it you know you can't you can't win playing that way it's not even having like that second star which certainly would be helpful but my goodness they just have no identity and you know we talked the last podcast about the blown leads that they've had uh you know and that's a big piece about our offensive identity if you know what you're doing down the stretch you beat that into the ground and and win some of these games instead of blowing these big leads yeah, I think, you know, Emmanuel quickly is going to be nice eventually. He'll start next year probably. You know, the Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker experiment, both of them are disaster injury-wise. Uh, what happened to Cam Reddish, Dave? I mean, he was, I thought, a superstar in college, went to Atlanta, kind of got buried on that roster behind a lot of similar players. Uh, they trade and get him this year, and he still can't get minutes. There's something wrong with him, especially, you know, playing with R.J. Barrett. you think they would have had a natural chemistry, but it's just not happening. Uh, Alec Burks, you know, has always been a little bit overrated. This team, uh, if this team looks like this again next year, it's a huge problem for the front office because uh, they just can't continue to roll this team out. They overachieved last year. Randall had, you know, a season that he'll uh, never have again and never had before. And they, you know, banked on that to be the future, and it's just not working. I think uh, you'll see Thibodeau gone. Uh, He, you know, is a play. He's definitely a hard coach for um, superstars. He plays his players all a lot uh, and demands a lot of them. And that's great uh, on some level when you're growing a team, but, um, you know, wears out its welcome quickly. So I think uh, if they don't, you know, make the play in and make a little run here, you'll see wholesale changes of this roster and maybe the coaching staff next year, Dave. Oh, oh, and what just what a terrible thing to to not have the consistency there right now. The Knicks sit in what would be the 12 spot at 26 and 38. Uh, They are five and a half games behind Atlanta uh, for that 10 spot. Uh, That's a lot to make up, Mike, in 20 games. Uh, It's I mean, they'd have to go on an absolute tear. And what they're doing is tearing it up in the wrong direction right now. Uh, with the losing. So uh, we cover the Knicks because we covered New York sports. It's just very, very sad to see uh, as far as that goes. Um, Let's head out West, buddy. Let's talk about some good teams out West. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The West is certainly, you know, where some of you can make some arguments, the best teams in the league sit. and right at the top is the defending Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns. Yep. Now, Mike, 51 and 13, uh, they lost uh, yesterday. We'll get to that. Uh, seven and three in their last 10. But, Mike, they are facing an uphill battle with injuries. Chris Paul uh, got hurt right before the All Star break, played two minutes in the All Star game, yep. and now uh, is out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, Devin Booker. Uh, has been injured, has COVID, uh, in and out of the lineup. Uh, yet, despite all of that, uh, they continue to win. Uh, and on the road at 23-6, and six, uh, they're still uh, a very, very good team. And that, uh, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Love him. That, that guy is, is just amazing and really, I think, helping them out substantially 
certainly what I saw yesterday against the Bucks, uh, helping substantially without Paul there and without Booker there. Uh, and don't forget Cam Johnson off the bench uh, didn't play oh, yeah. yesterday with a right thigh contusion. You know, that won't be too long. Uh, but also, you know, a, a big cog in their wheel off the bench. Uh, Jay Crowder has been really nice ad for them. Uh, I'm impressed with what they're doing without – you know, without Paul and without these injuries, uh, campaign at the at the point guard position is doing a, a very solid job, uh, and DeAndre Ayton in the middle, Dave, uh, another big guy like Bam out of bio that I didn't think would have this upside. Certainly, super athletic. I'm impressed. Not only how he's improved his game, but how he's improved his body. He was a little chunky coming out of college. You look at him now; he's in better shape than you know you you could dream of uh and and that's great he's dedicated to the game and he's making a big difference uh for this team uh this team is a fun watch for sure and uh i just pray for them that they get healthy for the playoffs uh and you know can make another run because uh I would just love to see you know them get over the hump here uh and win one so that would be great yeah, absolutely. Uh, JaVale McGee, Mike, yeah. has gotten quite the, you know, uh, career uh, bump back into the limelight. He really, really looks great. He's moving well, setting screens, yep. uh, getting rebounds. He does have some post moves. And look, he's averaging 9.4 points and 6.7 rebounds per game. Uh, he's really played well considering, you know, between – uh, the Lakers, uh, I'm trying to think where the heck he was Philly. last year and Philly, yeah. he kind of disappeared for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and now he has found a, a home in Phoenix and I really, really liked him. You mentioned Cam Johnson. He had that huge three the other night to win the game. Yep. Um, he's been great. We talked about bridges. Uh, yeah, this is a very, very exciting team. Uh, they played, um, for the most part, a great game against the Bucks yesterday, a game that the Bucks pulled away late uh, to win by 10. Uh, but this game was, you could just see the finals rematch. Uh, first time they had played in Milwaukee since uh, the Bucks won the title last year. Uh, you could see these two teams playing again in the finals. Um, it's going to yeah. be challenging for both of them to get there, I think, because oh, sure. there is, there's a lot of, of heavy lifting that needs to be done. But they are the class of the league. and But I will say this. I don't think they get to the finals if Chris Paul cannot play uh, at close to full capacity. They, they, yep. they won't be able to overcome that. No, I agree. Um, but it would be – I don't know. I'm almost rooting for him not to come back to see what they do because if you want Booker to take that next step into superstardom, he's, all, he's right on the verge uh, – he could certainly do that. And like you said, all, all the backup pieces uh, to him, uh, it would be interesting. But I agree, uh, they need him back desperately. Dave, a team that needs a player back desperately is the second-place team, Golden State Warriors. Uh, Draymond Green being out on both ends of the floor has been a disaster for them. Uh, they've lost four in a row. Uh, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Uh, you know, Curry's been out. Uh, Clay Thompson's been out. Wiggins, since the All-Star break, has is, is gone backwards. Uh, he forgot how to play defense for sure since the All-Star break. Um, 
this team is in a little bit of a free-for-all. They're going to get healthy before the end of, you know, the regular season. And uh, I think Curry's back tonight uh, or whenever their next game is. And uh, they're 43-21, and 21, uh, virtually tied with the Grizzlies for second place in the West. And um, just not playing well without these veterans out there. You know, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, and these guys, you know, Jordan Poole trying to uh, – carry this team just isn't making it for me buddy what do you think yeah and you know clay thompson has been a bit inconsistent and to be expected you know he's sure. he's missed oh, so much time absolutely um but i think that you hit it mike is the defense uh when you look at these last three games uh, they gave up 129 points to minnesota 122 to dallas and 124 to the lakers now, they scored enough points in all three of these games, 114, 113, 116, to win. And they lost all three games. Um, so I, that is a huge – I just think the defense and – it's just been bad. And when the Warriors have been good, even in all this title run uh, that they had, it, the defense has been right there. Dave, I got to point out an anomaly in those three games you talked about, uh, the Dallas game. Steph Curry did not score a point or shoot a shot in the fourth quarter. How does that happen? Uh, Dallas's defense is excellent, okay, and they certainly were keying on Curry. Uh, but to not get a shot off uh, in a tight game, you know, in your division is just crazy to me how that happens. And that's something that Draymond Green and other options uh, shooting-wise would alleviate. I just, when I saw that he didn't get a shot or score in the fourth quarter in that game, I was blown away. Never would have thought that um, would ever happen to Steph Curry. It's crazy. Yep, yep, I, I totally agree. And you can see, I can see it in my mind, and, I, and I'm sure uh, those of our tens of listeners can do it as well. Uh, Draymond Green, when they get into points like that, He's looking for Curry. He's looking for Clay, and he's going right. to set up. He's going to set up plays for them and pass to them. And not having them out there, it's a huge issue. It really, really is, yep. uh, for sure. Now, Mike, the Memphis Grizzlies. You mentioned yeah. them. I mean, are we seriously talking about the a potential for the Memphis Grizzlies to be the number two seed in the Western Conference? We are, Dave. And when we're talking about people ascending to superstar status, John ja Morant is must watch at this point. Between his alley-oop dunks with his head over the rim, uh, his ball handling, uh, the game-winning shot in the, from the corner with you know uh, a few nights ago, uh, just dramatic uh, clutch genes, uh, but really as ascending to superstar status. And he's got some great help on that team. Steven Adams was such a great signing in the middle. The pick and roll with Steven Adams is as lethal almost as Harden and um, Embiid in the East. I mean, Morant rolling off of that pick. Uh, Adams can hit those mid-range jumpers consistently uh, if he just pops. Uh, he can roll to the basket, of course, and dunk. Uh, and they have shooters on the outside with Jaron Jackson. Uh, and uh, Desmond Bain seemed to have come out of nowhere uh, and just lights it up for them every night. So 17.8 points a game for Desmond Bain, uh, someone that uh, – 
we probably weren't counting on. It's only his rookie season out of TCU. So uh, good for the Grizzlies. Uh, must watch, Dave. Uh, you know, I find myself DVRing them and watching them in the morning quite a bit uh, and because of John Morant. Yeah, yeah, we were watching. Uh, I don't remember. There was a game on a couple of nights ago that we were watching, and uh, my two boys were in the room, and it was on, and I was watching it, and they were on their phones and kind of looking. And, you know, you were saying must must watch. There were, like, three or four times that I'm just like, holy cow, did you see that? And, like, my boys had looked away just long enough and, and missed all of these plays uh-huh. live. And I was like, guys, you this is John Morant. You got to watch this. Right. Um, and so right on, as far as all of that goes, Jaron Jackson Jr. is just phenomenal. Yep. Uh, it's crazy to me. I remember his father playing at Georgetown uh, eons ago. It just tells you how old we are. Um, but he is he is tremendous. Uh, the one piece that I have seen with the Grizzlies, they do have this tendency, and I think a lot of teams do, uh, chucking up the threes and they they're not from what i saw they're not a great three-point shooting team and you know they just they're much better if morant's going to the basket you mentioned the pick and rolls and you know jackson getting inside they're a much better team when they're kind of going to the basket and then getting the threes as opposed to just chucking them up that's pretty generic i get it you could talk about a lot of teams that way, but that was something that I saw from them, and I thought, geez, if they do that, they'll shoot themselves right out of a playoff series. Yeah, no, and you're totally right. They're 34% on the year from three-point range, and you want to be closer to 40 for, as a team um, for that. So that that's a great point out of you. Uh, this is a team that's still a couple years away from winning. You know, teams pop up like Phoenix have in, in, in the recent past and uh, speed up the clock, uh, And but they're – until they're more disciplined uh, in that offensive game, Dave. Great point. Um, they're not going to win it all, but they're still a fun watch. Uh, oh, I mean, absolutely. They yeah. are. You know, just another one of those young teams. You think about, like, the run that the Hawks had last year uh, with Ice Trey, and, you know, they were fun to watch. Right. Um, certainly Memphis is there. Mike, and then you get to – Four, five, and six in the West, and it's Utah, Dallas, and Denver, and we've been talking Not about fun to watch. teams. <laughs> in my been, opinion, right, right, but we've been talking about these same three teams for a couple of years, and they're all, you know, right there with the superstars carrying them uh, between the three of them. You know, they're within three, three and a half games of each other. They're all playing well. They've all won eight of their last ten. Right. Um, you know, they just they're all very clumped together. And you look at, you know, Luka Doncic having a great year, 27.8 points, 9.2 rebounds, 8.8 assists. I know I say that matter of factly. No, I know. Um, I, we have but, Luka you know, fatigue. We have um, who is my boy in Denver, the big guy. Okay. Yeah, he, we have fatigue for him. Uh you know, the Jazz, you know, Spider Mitchell, you know, they're a little bit of a different game. But still, these teams are like all three of them. OK, you're there. You've been there. You're kind of in the upper third of the league. But what are you going to do with it? I mean, they're all three are at the point where what are you going to do with this collection of talent? You've had them all long enough. You had, you know, these teams together long enough. Same coaches, same front office, either 
make a you know make a step forward and and challenge for a championship or make a move and and you know try to revamp it a little and i think all three of these teams are in that category this year dave Yep, absolutely, Mike. I I wrote them all down together on my little notepad here because I I feel exactly the same way. When are these teams going to step up? And, you know, Luka and Jokic, I mean, Jokic had, I'm sure you saw this, Mike, but the game that he had last night, 46 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, four blocks, and three steals. Mike, no one, no player has had those numbers at least since 73 74 when they started tracking blocks and steals wow i mean just tremendous you know and again we have the fatigue i mean it's just you know it, it continues to amaze uh as far as the joker is concerned no the stats are impressive but what are you doing with it you know what, yeah, what are you winning with it yep and so let's get there you know these teams they just they've got to make a push uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens, but they're all right there. You know, uh, maybe it's, you know, the challenge with four, five, six is particularly with four or five, two of them are going to, you know, they're going to play in the first round and right. one of them's going to get bounced right away. Uh, so, you know, incentive on them. Look, those teams are not that far out, uh, from golden state and Memphis for two and three, right. You know, if they could put a solid, you know, 15 and five or, or better in this stretch down here, the last 20 games, they might be able to move out of that. Great point. Uh, you want to avoid, you know, playing that in, in the first round four or five uh, matchup, but great point. Dave, what about a team that might not even make the playoffs? And that's uh, your Los Angeles Lakers. I saw you shaking your head. Oh, yeah. Was it a turnaround this weekend, though? I mean, LeBron kind of went off. I know they shot a lot of threes to win yesterday, and they probably can't keep that up. Um, no, but no, can't. Was it a seminal moment over the weekend for them to say, let's rally around what just happened and, you know, make a run at this thing? Or what do you think? I don't know. Uh, Frank Vogel seemed to think, well, he said maybe this is the, you know, the stepping stone. But they've had a couple of games like this. They had a game against Milwaukee, you know, a couple of weeks ago where right. they won. And, and I, you know, we may even have said on this podcast, okay, you know, let's build on that. And, and right. I remember Frank Vogel talking about it. And then they didn't build on anything. And so... Oh, I don't know. You know, Anthony Davis is still out. We have no idea when he's coming back. Uh, LeBron, what can you say? Uh, you know, he's just tremendous. He is, uh, and the Lakers are getting ready to go on a, a, a pretty big road trip here. Um, he is likely to, based on his, if he hits his average the next six games, uh, he is going to pass Carl Malone into the number two all-time scorer in NBA history. Uh, the things that he's doing at the age that he is doing it at are, are unheard of. Um, and that's really saying something because we've had some great NBA players uh, play late into their careers. Sure. Uh, and he's great. The challenge is the rest of the team and the inconsistency. I, I, we're at a point now where Austin Reeves, uh, the rookie is starting. Right. Okay. And, uh, nothing against him. He's, he's become quite an asset, but if you started the year and said, rookie Austin Reeves is going to be your starter in the beginning of March, I think all Laker fans would have said, well, 
we're not making playoffs. Right. And here we are. Uh, the Lakers sit in the nine spot, um, you know, only a game and a half ahead of a Pelicans team that seems to start uh, playing a little bit better and kind of scares me if they could play well, uh, that they could push the Lakers right out of that, uh, right out of the playoff spot. I, Mike, I just... And I think Zion's I, coming back uh, in, in a week or so. So I need to see more from the Lakers. I need to see more. I need to see them put together some stretches. Again, going on the road, they're 9-19. and 19. They're not good away from uh, Crypto.com Stadium, whatever the whatever the bleep we're calling it. It's still Staples Center. Staples Center, yeah. Um, and, and the defense is terrible. Again, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, 11th uh, in the Western Conference in points allowed. Uh I got to see more. Uh, I'll give one player credit on this team, and that's Malik Monk. I like his game. I don't know why he doesn't play more. There was a play the other night, uh, Saturday night, where he ran the ball down, uh, poked the ball away, ran it all the way to the half court, all the way to the baseline, had to do the one-foot jump out of bounds to throw it in. Ball went to the middle. He hustled not only did he hustle to get the ball then he hustled to set up for three got the kick out and and buried the three and it's just like that's the epitome of of Malik Monk and what he's been doing this year but I'm going to call out some people there where's Avery Bradley where's Wayne Ellington uh where are these G.J. Augustine where are these guys THT Taylor Horton Tucker everyone fell in love with uh has totally regressed I know he's injured but uh Kent Bazemore, all these guys that were brought in to be, you know, these backup studs. Carmelo, what's Carmelo? When when he was in Portland, it was like a rejuvenation of his career, and now, um, you know, he's just not getting it done out there, Dave. So these guys all need to step up and, and deliver for your Lakers. Like you said with the Celtics, when the Lakers are good, the NBA is better. Uh, when the Celtics and Lakers are good, the NBA is great. So uh, let's get it done. Uh, are you done with your with your Lakers, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there really isn't much else to say. I agree with you on Monk. Uh, he's been great. Are there um, any other teams you want to talk about here, or I uh, want to bring up one more NBA topic? Um, yeah, no, I, we're good. Go for your. Go well, for your let's talk topic. about LeBron James and how old he is. And you said he's been great in his age. Um, I want to talk about the pressure they're putting on his son, Bronny. Okay, Um, the poor kid is a senior in high school. He's going to have to either play in college, whether it's at Duke or Ohio State or, you know, do the G League, whatever, and then hope to get drafted in two years. I don't think the kid's good enough, first of all. Uh, He's going to have to grow a little, certainly going to have to put some muscle on. Uh, He's absolutely athletic. um, But the poor kid, you know, LeBron keeps coming out and saying, I'll go wherever Bronny's drafted. Uh, I'll play with Bronny for a season at least. Those kind of things. I think it's unfair to put that kind of pressure on a teenager um, with all the world. I mean, everything the kid does uh, for the last four years has been under a microscope, and now it's intensifying even more. Uh, Dave, you have two teenage boys. Uh, I work with a lot of teenagers uh, through the church and you know, certainly have raised my own. Uh, that kind of pressure can cause uh, anxiety and even depression that isn't... Um, isn't detected isn't obvious i'm sure Bronny's being strong 
for his father, for his family, for his fans. I'm just concerned about his mental health. We talk about mental health and mental well-being. Uh, we can give it a lot of lip service, and we should. But this is a situation no one's calling out, and so I'm hoping to start it. I know I have a very small voice in this world, um, but uh, let Bronny be Bronny. That's what I have to say, Dave. Yeah, you know, if there's anybody, though, that understands the pressure in high school, it's his dad. That's and fair. let's, you know, let's not forget That's that um, really the first times outside of McDonald's uh, All-American All-Star Games, when LeBron James came up in high school, that's the first time that we saw regular season high school games uh, get on major TV networks. So, yeah, his dad, you know, certainly can be a help there, and I'm sure he will. Uh, all, that being, all that being said, Mike, I, I, I'm with you. It, it's a tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, you know, my boys uh, feel pressure, you know, from school. Right. And or, you know, I got a big, you know, track meet or, you know, something coming up. Right. That is nothing, nothing like what's going on with Bronny. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, I think in the bigger picture, this is going to be not quite like Aaron Rodgers drama, but it's going to drag on like that uh, for a couple of years. I'm and just you're talking about my mouth a little. Right, right. So you think about it. We haven't even gotten there, and we're already sick of it. Right. You know, where's LeBron going to go? Where's Bronny going to go? And, oh, and is, is he going to be drafted? And, like, is some team going to feel? Is Orlando uh, Magic going to draft Bronny and think LeBron's really going to go to the Orlando Magic for a season? You yeah. know what I mean? That kind of – and, and yeah. can they pay him and, and all that stuff. Right. You know, it's Well, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, so it makes you wonder. Like, so let's, let's say it's the Orlando Magic and – you know, are they at that point really thinking, oh, it'd be great to have LeBron on the team for mm -hmm. a year and we'll get Bronny too, um, you know, and yeah, it, it's just going to be drama central here. And I, I just think it's not going to be the best thing for the league. Not certainly for Bronny, of course. Yeah, uh, I just worry about the kid, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of kids, uh, let's go over to the NCAA basketball side of things real quick. Uh, we knew we'd yeah. be knee deep in the NBA, and we're almost at 50 minutes, buddy. So uh, yeah. let's just rock out on the NCAA. Did you watch the three-day infomercial for Duke University and the last home game for Mike Krzyzewski and the full um, – gauntlet of players he came through to start the game and uh interviews and all the pageantry uh dickie v's you know message from his uh cancer bed all of that stuff that espn ran sent from thursday through saturday night i did not uh, I'm not you surprised. can you can <laughs> you could say hey you're a sports podcaster you should pay attention to these things uh you want to talk about um you know, uh, the fatigue on some of the players. I'm fatigued on Mike Krzyzewski, honestly. Um, don't get me wrong. Obviously, he's one of the greatest coaches sure. of all time. You know, the five NCAA titles and all of the players that have gone to the pros, most of them stink, by the way. Um, just FYI, you can you can look it up. And, Who's and the best player the from the pros that uh, Duke has produced? Grant Hill? Probably. You know, uh, Battier, no. No, not really Battier. Elton Brand. Even, 
Mm. Even like not really. Even Reddit, the best ones, you know. Around a long time. Right, you know, Leitner, Grayson Bobby Hurley. Yeah, I, <laughs> nobody. You know, who knows? We may be forgetting somebody, but nobody sure that, like are. jumps jumps right off. Exactly. Um, as far for as for all of those goes. players, that's a great point. That's a yeah. great point. Um, I mean, we talked about Cam Reddish earlier. Right. Um, he's a Duke. Oh, guy. I guess we got to say Kyrie. Kyrie did play six games at Duke. Yeah, that, that's a that's a joke, <laughs> uh, as far as that goes. But uh, no, I didn't watch any of it. Uh, I would be lying if I didn't say that it was kind of nice to see that North Carolina blew them out. Yes. Um, the sad dookie in this, faces in this yeah. right the sad dookie faces in this last game. Uh, certainly, Shevsky has had plenty of signature moments in his career. Uh, you know. His career is not made or broken by this uh, loss in his last home game where they already had clinched the number one seed in the ACC. Uh, you can make some arguments. Uh, it's one of his better teams as far as record goes and the things they can do. Uh, not one of his best teams, one of his better teams right. um, as far as that goes. But, yeah, didn't didn't get wrapped up in it, uh, you know, had – other things more important to do, like scratch my butt or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I digress there. Mike. No, I, I'll give him credit on, well, of course you gotta give him credit a lot. He did, uh, you know, do the USA basketball thing and, you know, volunteered that great experience for him, but he, he did well there. Um, but the one thing he kept saying consistently this weekend, Dave, and I give him credit for, and, and hopefully he does it, is he's going to fully detach from Duke University uh, and go into retirement. He's not going to be coach emeritus. He's not going to be, you know, calling John Shire. Getting in the stands at the games like Roy Williams is. Exactly, exactly. He's going to, you know, enjoy his grandchildren and play golf and go to the beach. Uh, and he doesn't want to have a shadow over Shire and the rest of the, uh, you know, Duke program. He wants to let it breathe. And, you know, and I think that's the right approach. Um, I give him a lot of credit. I think he says he's going to do it, so he will. Um, I'm interested to know uh, someday if the truth ever comes out, if uh his recruiting was above board. I think it probably on most part was, um, there's enough people that would want to take him down that if he had recruiting violations that it would have come out. So I, I give him credit for that. He was kind of one of the last major coaches to go for the one and done player. Uh, and he won at a program that has high academic standards. Um, so, you know, we got to give him some love, but I'm with you. Uh, I watched some of it, as you can tell by my input, but certainly yeah. couldn't wait to hit uh, the next button on my uh, remote control. Dave, um, we've had some crazy NCAA basketball the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, yep. we had the you know uh, the top all the top five teams lost on the same top week. six teams top, lost right on the same weekend. Yep, uh, same. Yep, yep. It was absolutely crazy. So you kind of shuffle everything around. Uh, we're not going to go team by team for time, I don't think, Dave. But I just want to point out one team I'm in love with, and I think probably the rest of the country is starting to be in love with. I've watched them all year. I've texted your son about it because he hates them. That's the Villanova Wildcats. Uh, <laughs> they had a, they're 23 and seven. 
They lost early in the season to Gonzaga and then came back and lost to Creighton. Uh, and it was like, uh-oh, this team's not very good. This team is excellent. They beat Providence twice, even though Providence won their league. Um, and I love this Villanova team. They can shoot. They can play defense. They've got uh, point guard play, which you need in the, in the NCAA tournament, uh, with Archie Biakado's brother and Gillespie's brother that were both on the team. And, you know, their older brothers played for Villanova yep, previously. Yep. Uh, and they have seem to have several players with the clutch gene. So I love that Villanova team currently – uh, rank six that I see at 23 and seven. What about you? Yeah, yeah I, I've seen them a few times. Uh, well documented. Uh, one of my nephews goes there. Uh, he goes to all the games. Uh, they have a great time. Is that uh, why your at, son hates it? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think on some levels he has some Villanova fatigue because they've been so good. Um, That's fair. I, I, I do like them. I, they're not as good as some previous Villanova teams, and you and I have discussed this. Sure. Um, I think what you're going to see is there's there's just not one dominant team this year, and I just think it's going to be wide open. Um, you know, John Morant's Murray State Racers are 30-2. and two. Yep. Uh, You know, they're playing very well. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of teams that, you know, Texas Tech, you know, they still, you know, play that plotting Ugh. style and it's not pretty to watch, but 23 and eight um, and they're, you know, in the top 15. Uh, I, there's just, I think a lot of teams, uh, you know, Kentucky, Kansas, again, we're not going team to team. Auburn has been very, very good this year. Uh, it's going to be you know interesting to see. Get, I don't get I don't get the love for the Ohio State team. They're 19 and 10. They're ranked 22nd. I've watched them several times. They got the one kid EJ Manuel who's going to be nice in the NBA and that's it to me. I do not understand uh, why they continue to keep catch breaks in the rankings. I know, like you said, a lot of these teams, this is not a classic season where you have a bunch of uh, teams with very few losses, but this Ohio State team, they're going to get seated higher. They're, watch for them for a first-round bow-out, um, you know, when, when the brackets come out. I just don't get that team at all. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I you know I, They had a nice run last year in the tournament and then fizzled out. Uh, I don't get it either, Mike. I'm with you. I've seen them play a little bit. Not not exactly what's going on. What I think is going to be really interesting, because so many of these top teams are so good, um, but there is a lot of very, very good teams, just not great teams, the top uh, eight seeds in the NCAA tournament, it's really going to be interesting to see you know, what twos get paired with what ones. I, I, yep. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, and and just see because there's because there's such balance. Right. Uh, who's going to have to play who? And uh, Baylor is another team I really like. That uh, Kendall Brown kid, yes. the freshman there, yep. uh, just he's shooting fifty nine point eight percent from the field. They can shoot uh, like uh, crazy. They're tenacious yeah. on defense. I mean, they won it all last year. There's no doubt they, you know, that they have the the ability to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And a team, Mike, that has no freaking chance of anything is my Syracuse Orange. I was going to ask you, Double Dip Dave, to get into <laughs> the um, 
status of the program in Syracuse. Just so uh, go ahead. Yeah. We'll finish up with you going off on Syracuse Orange. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not good. Look, they sit at 15 15 and 16. It is the first losing regular season in Jim Boeheim's career. Uh, They are, they have lost four in a row. Uh, They lose a lot of close games and they have had, I'm just going to call it like I see it, boneheaded plays, not being able to inbound the ball, uh, things at the end of games. This last one was really, uh, you know, (laughs) oh my gosh. They blew an 18-point lead at home to Miami and lost by three points, uh, had every chance in the world. That is the second time this year that they blew an 18-point lead against Miami and lost. Uh, that's really all you need to know. They just can't make the close plays, uh, the clutch plays in the close games. I just don't understand What's just now, shocking with an older team, both Bayheim brothers, Gerard, they've guys have been around. You think they could get an inbounds play figured out, yeah, you know? Yep, um, exactly. It, it, it's shocking yeah. to me. I, I guess it's just they're really just not – as talented, I think, as maybe some of us thought. Yeah. Certainly the the loss of Jesse Edwards has hurt tremendously. These sure. last four games, sure. they've played teams, Miami, Duke, North Carolina, that have tremendous inside games. Uh, they've been absolutely shredded on the inside. If Edwards is in there, and even Beheim has said it, look, that stuff just doesn't happen uh, when he's in there. Um, it, it's just it's terrible. So they play Florida State. Um, at noon on Wednesday in uh, the ACC tournament in the 8-9 game. Should they win that, Mike, they would get a rematch with Duke, and Duke uh, has had their number beaten them handily both times. Sure. I'd be shocked, and Mike, this this looks like this is the year that Syracuse finishes with a losing record under Bayheim. Now, they have great recruits coming in next year, uh, you know, Swider and both Bayheims. Um, no, I know, I know, but you know, they have openings, right? Like these kids are going to come in and play right away because you're, because you're losing, you know, three senior starters. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, does but, yeah. Buddy Bayheim make the league, the NBA? I think so because you've seen him diversify his, his game uh and he started to do it down the stretch last year but he can get his own shot um you know he's able to shoot from the outside he can drive he can pass uh i think he will how good he is i, I you know i don't know but i could see know, him being a jj reddick type sharpshooter could yeah. get his own shot if he absolutely had to kind of guy yeah yeah you know i mean i think he he certainly has a chance to do that uh, but this team has been a disaster. Uh, never really got, never really got it going. And um, from Double Dip Dave, this has been a very, very difficult basketball season. I did make it to the dome. I did get up there for the Duke game, uh, which was close for a little bit, and then not so much. Uh, <laughs> I got but, one last question, and I'll let you wrap up this podcast, buddy. Yeah, go for Will it. Will we hear Billy Raffery say? For the first time in four to six years, Syracuse comes out in man to man, moves those puppies. I believe so, yes. Jim Beheim talked about um, last week or the week before that 
Uh, they just don't have Does the a athletes terrible to play. Rafferty. I'm usually better. My bad. Man to man, uh, I, it, it was fine. Yeah. Um, Send it in, Yep, there it is. <laughs> but he has. But Beheim has said he thinks, ideally, he said where they would like to be is playing some zone and some man. You know, he said some of their better teams. And I'm thinking uh, late '80s, early '90s teams. Uh, Coleman, Douglas, Billy Owens, those teams were able to mix it up defensively um, because of their athleticism. So he thinks they might be able to do that next year. Uh, Yeah, jaws will drop in Syracuse uh, when that happens. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Uh, But folks, look forward to it. Uh, We've got all of the conference tournaments this weekend. And then, Mike, the brackets will come out on Sunday yes. and we will have what we know as March Madness begin and we will have all of the good deets and conversations here when that happens on Think Tank Sports we thank you for listening both here in the United States and abroad around the world uh, we appreciate that our tens of listeners And we look forward to more content coming out this week from Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. And please give us a great rating because we strive for five. Outstanding.